Today's episode of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast is brought to you by Hostfully, the market leader in digital guidebooks for short-term rental hosts. With Hostfully, you can create a beautiful online guidebook that you can send to your guests so they have a better experience and you get fewer questions. Sign up now at hostfully.com to get two months for free by using code PAD. That's P-A-D. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today, I'm very excited to have on the show Mr. Andrew Kitchell, the CEO and co-founder of Wheelhouse. And we are going to talk about something really important uh, because travel trends has really changed and we need to understand how do we price our units uh, for maximum revenue in 2021. So we're going to give you two concrete, very important strategies that you can use to maximize your revenue in 2021. So Andrew, welcome to the show. Great to be back. Always fun to be here. Absolutely. We had you on a couple of weeks ago. We got great feedback from people. You're one of the most knowledgeable people in the SDR industry. So I'm always excited to uh, to pick your brain and, and, and learn. So first of all, let's start off with uh, 2021. The traveler has changed. The amount of days that somebody books, the lead times have changed. And that's what we're specifically going to be talking about, the lead times and length of stay, because those those can really affect your revenue strategy. So could you explain to start off, like what, what's changed? What, what kind of trends have changed due to COVID? Yeah, great question. And, and when we're looking at 2021, the, the real point of today's conversation is going to be diving into patterns that we're seeing in every market, right? We all, we all know that there's some STR markets, some short-term rental markets that have slowed down and there are some that have accelerated greatly, right? In general, if you're in an urban area, bookings have slowed, but if you're in a drive-to destination or kind of a nice warm tropical destination, et cetera, well, travel's actually probably picked up and probably quite dramatically. And kind of regardless of where you are, though, whether you're in that urban market or whether you're out in more of what, what is often known as a sun and snow destination, there are two patterns that are very, very consistent market to market. And that is that lead time or kind of when are people booking, kind of choosing the place that they want to stay in your market, that's changed in essentially every market pretty dramatically. And then length of stay has changed as well. Right. And it's all due to COVID changing up our ability to A, plan in the future, but then B, also for so many people, the ability to work from anywhere. Right. Those two things change so dramatically. And it's it's probably going to stay very consistent throughout 2021. Right. And and there is a chance we tip into just a fundamentally new travel pattern. Right. So there's this kind of the most important thing for people to take a look at this year, in my opinion, is lead time and length of stay and be be sure you're able to both learn how your market has changed and then make adjustments to your pricing strategy to take advantage of those opportunities. Awesome. That sounds great. And so let's start with uh, lead times. So just to understand you correctly, the lead time is the amount of days that your property gets booked on, on average. 
You can measure lead time in a variety of fashions, but what lead time specifically refers to is how many days before a stay date does someone book your home, right? So if I was searching right now for, I was traveling to Madrid in 30 days and I went online and I booked an Airbnb today that I was checking into in 30 days, that's a 30 day lead time, right? And if I just arrived in Madrid today and I need to check in, well, that's a one day lead time, right? So lead time is how far in the future do people book your home? Now, once you know that data, you can look at your lead time um, for an individual booking, right? You can look at it on average for your property. So, you know, over the course of a year, maybe the average lead time for your property is, uh, let's just stick with 30 days, right? Um, You can look at lead time for your competitive set. You can look at it for your market. You can look at it month by month, right? So your lead time, if you're a, a holiday destination, your lead time might be 365 days for like your high season, right? People will book a year in advance. Now, the question that we're going to discuss today is, is that a good thing? Do you want to be sold a year in advance? Or are you selling before most of the market has seen you? So lead time is a really, it's, a, it's actually, once, it, once the concept clicks in, it's probably the easiest way to understand how the market values your property. And by that, I mean, well, we, we can, should we dive into kind of a little more granularity around that now? Or do you have another yeah, question? Yeah, let me just summarize that. So just, just yeah. as an example, right? Let's say, let's say your, your property, you look, at, you look at the last year and you see, okay, on average, people have booked my place 30 days in advance. But now you look at your market, right? And Wheelhouse provides that, that data, right? You look at your market and you see, hey, for my market, the lead time is actually 10 days. That would then mean that you're getting booked too early and you should probably raise your prices, correct? Correct. Yeah. So in that case, basically, when when you think about the market being the ultimate source of truth, those booking patterns tell us a lot. And what they tell us is, yes, your listing is a relatively good value to the market. Because when I go online as a customer, I look through, you know, I look through, uh, this is actually an interesting stat. The average customer looks at about 30 properties before booking. And the reason pricing is important is because that person, they don't need to be an expert to start to find value. They're going to look at your photos. They're going to look at your reviews. They're going to see your location. They're going to make a decision. They're going to kind of become almost like micro experts in what is a good deal in this market? You know, this place is $250 per night and it's got a pool and this one is $250 without a pool. Well, guess which one they're going to choose, right? So in a sense, we can take all of those individual decisions of people selecting which property is the best value for them to understand how collectively they all view your home. Is it undervalued or overvalued based on how you're pricing it? And if you sell way before your market, well, that's a signal telling us you are undervalued. You are a very good option. And when someone has unlimited choices, because all properties are available, they choose you first. Yeah, and this, this, is, a really, this is a really important concept to understand. Because I, re- I remember back in 2012, I, when I started on Airbnb, I was focused on occupancy. So my place filled up months in advance, and I was super happy. I was like, wow, I'm doing a great job. I'm always occupied. And, and later, I started realizing, well, hold on a second. What if I raise my prices? And then I did. 
And what it turned out was I, I was still getting almost 100% equivalency, but now like at prices that were almost you know 50% higher, right? So my lead time my lead time was way too long in that in that instance. And I guess you can go the other way around as well, right? Where if your property is getting booked, you know, five days in advance on average, and the market lead time is like ten days, that means your prices are are too high, right? In my opinion, yes. Right. If you're if you're selling too far in the future, you are underpriced. And in selling too close to a state date, you're taking a lot of risk, which might mean, you know, if travel patterns slowed, maybe, for example, you're trying to sell 10 days or 30 days, 20 days before a stay day in a snow destination. Well, if you've already booked and the weather turns bad and like, you know, there's no snow to be had, well, that means that people who haven't made plans aren't going to come to your, they're not going to travel now. However, people who have already booked your place, maybe already bought tickets, well, that revenue is kind of locked in. So the only thing, there's there's a bunch of different strategies, but the key thing that we're trying to kind of at least provide via wheelhouse is at least know how you're doing. And if your strategy is you prefer booking out early because you want to have revenue on the books or you want to have hundred percent occupancy, that's great. But like, you're right. You could probably maximize revenue in that situation. And like all we're trying to teach is like if you know your market's average lead time and your listing's average lead time, now you know how to make adjustments in your business, right? And yes, if you want to dial up, make more money, there's obviously a way to do that. So yeah, Jasper, you're right. I think everyone has their own strategy. Everyone's optimizing their business in their own fashion. But in optimizing your business, we'd suggest that like, let's go look at data to do that. Absolutely. Awesome. So, so how have lead times changed? In 2020. Yeah, almost universally, lead times have shrunk. Meaning, let's say on average last year that the average lead time on all markets was 35 days, right? The average listing in the average market booked 35 days out. Now, I actually don't have that stat handy. So just take that as emblematic of how I know the short-term rental space books is probably roughly accurate. However, it does depend on channel, right? Airbnb has a particular lead time. Homeway has a particular lead time. Virgo has a particular lead time. So let's just, for simplicity today, say 35 days out. Well, if that was the pattern for 2019, 2018, 2017, which likely was, 2020 is looking to be like half that, right? So we're seeing markets where 50% of bookings are occurring in the last 15 to 20 days. Five zero percent of bookings are occurring in the last 15 to 20 days. Now, that basically means lead times in some places have halved. It kind of depends on, again, how was your market impacted by COVID? If everyone was kind of worried that your market might shut down, well, they might wait until three or four days before their weekend and then say, hey, well, airfare is really cheap right now. I can fly into this market and I, I, don't, I don't need to buy my plane ticket early because there's no, there's no cost to me for that. And I'll just wait to see if the market's open that's obviously impacted how long people are booking. And then alternatively, you have scenarios where people are saying, well, I really want to get out of my apartment or my home. And I'm going to travel to this great destination. And it's a, it's a one hour drive from me. And when people are going to look at those markets, they're seeing those markets booked out for months in advance. Well, guess what? That means those lead times have actually shifted the other direction in some cases, right? For some, for some kind of vacation or sun and snow destinations or destinations where it would be great to go spend 30 days or 60 days during this kind of time when the world is on lockdown, well, you're seeing a different type of lead time. So it varies everywhere, which is why, again, it's so important 
to go look at the data for how your market has changed and then make adjustments around it. Yeah, and I was, I was actually just looking at flights today. And what I noticed is a lot of airlines offer flexible policies with cancellations and you know when changing dates. So that could be a factor. Like I've already booked a flight because, you know, even though I'm not sure if I'm going to take it because I know I can change it or cancel it for free. Exactly. And, and that's I, a new pattern, right? Yeah. I think Airbnb hosts, I, I don't know if you have any data on this, but have Airbnb hosts also started offering more flexible cancellation policies? You know, that's a good question. I'll have to report back. We can add some, some comments to the show notes. I don't have off the top of my head in understanding of how cancellation policies have changed this year. I do feel confident in general, though, that on Airbnb, having a flexible cancellation policy is, is probably a good thing. We've shown that it, it increases revenue. So regardless on how it's changed at a, at a kind of a market by market level or at kind of a global level, which I don't know, I will say that I'm very confident sharing that having a flexible cancellation policy on Airbnb long term will increase your revenue right? It's going to boost your search. It's going to boost the likelihood of someone to book. And you're taking risks that like, you know, some relatively currently small percentage of people are going to cancel. Um, yeah. And actually, I guess the, the the fact that the lead times went down, that actually makes it more profitable to have a flexible cancellation policy because you're more likely when that cancellation does come in that you're still going to get booked. You're using revenue management strategy. Exactly. Exactly. This, this is how the things have changed, right? So, and this is where, where revenue management, I would argue, gets so fun and so interesting, right? And, and like, Jasper, here's another thing, which is just so interesting to me and so unexpected, but again, shows how you can leverage data to drive your business better, which is uh, something we, we might not have time to talk about today, but length of stay. Length of stay, we all know that's changed in markets too. And uh, when people stay for longer periods of time, let's say two to four weeks, well, if they're traveling to your place for two to four weeks and you don't allow pets and they need to now go pay for their pet, their dog or cat or whatever it may be to have two to four weeks of a stay at a vet. Well, that's a huge cost or, you know, at a, wherever you'd leave your animal, that's a huge cost, which people are now factoring to their decision, right? So when length of stay increased, Places that had pets allowed, that were pet friendly, booked more often, right? When you could drive to your destination as opposed to fly, more people are traveling with their pets. Pet friendly sold in 2020 and 2021. So there's all these interesting things where you just name something with lead time that, you know, a different way to leverage or to make revenue. Well, there's another thing with length of stay based on how length of stay patterns have changed where a small tweak in your settings could have actually had a dramatic impact on revenue. Due to COVID, it's now more important than ever that your guests actually read your house rules and check-in instructions. And there's no better way to deliver that information than by using an online hostfully guidebook. You can build your guidebook in just a few hours and simply include a link to your guidebook in your welcome email. Your guests can access it on desktop, on mobile, and they can even print it out. Now, as a result, you look super professional, your guests have a better experience as they don't have to read through endless paragraphs of text. Instead, they can go through a nice looking guidebook with lots of visuals. That means fewer questions for you, more time for you to focus on other areas of your hosting business. Sign up now at hostfully.com and use code PAD to get your first two months for free. That's hostfully.com, H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L. 
Y.com code pad, which is P A D. It's, it's interesting you mentioned pets because episode 358, I actually interviewed uh, one of the members of our STR Legends Mastermind, and, and he's seeing great revenue increases by, by allowing pets. And, um, you know, I, I, I talked to a bunch of hosts about this and, and posted in some Facebook groups and stuff. And I noticed that the, the opinion on pets is very polarized. Like some people are like, yes, we love hosting pets and, and it, it makes us extra money. And some people are like, never host pets because they cause damage and allergies and there's, you know, there's complications involved. But yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And so the lead time has changed. The length of stay has changed. I know the length of stay is actually really, really important to to optimize your revenue because, you know, when, when we're getting these longer bookings, then, you know, we might not want to take a really short booking far into the future because that might block one of those longer bookings, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. L- length of stay in our business because uh, profitability is both, yes, your revenue, but also your costs. A long length of stay is great, right? You theoretically don't have turnover costs. That's like probably the biggest driver, turnover costs and all the maintenance associated with it. But if you can capture a long booking, that's almost always a great revenue optimizing strategy. And there's two things that are really important, which are for one, length of stay has increased on average in markets pretty dramatically, right? We're seeing a lot of two week, four week, six week, eight week bookings because people are now free to travel anywhere. And also, you know, they might be traveling home. And if you're going to go through the trouble of kind of, in some cases, quarantining before traveling home, well, you're going to not stay for two days, right? You're going to make a commitment. So a lot of a lot of kind of individual decisions are adding up to big changes in length of stay. The second pattern that's changed that someone can take advantage of is we see uh, a lot of extension of bookings, Meaning someone will come stay at your place for two weeks and then say, hey, I'd like to add two or four more weeks to my stay. So if you capture a two-week booking, it can turn into one of those really extended bookings, right? When I was in, when I was in an operating business, the record that we had was some individual who extended their stay 17 times and ended up staying with us more than 300 nights in a row. Well, that was a pretty darn good booking. I would say it was pretty rare to get a 300-day booking, but it emerged and this individual traveled and they ended up liking the place and they were visiting a family member and they continued to stay. So so length of stay is really important because yes, if you had booked out kind of a spattering of these like little two-day, three-day bookings, when people were looking far into the future and trying to plan out a month or a two-month stay, well, you're not even going to show up in the search results if when they say, hey, for I'm going to book all of June and July, if you have... July 4th through 8th booked right now, guess what? You don't show up in the search results. And if you did, you'd have to cancel that booking, which means because there's this high probability right now or higher probability at the very least, you have to go look at your market and go look at your inventory type. You can do all that on wheelhouse market reports to see what's happening. But because these huge bookings and these kind of whales of bookings exist, one of the worst things you can do is sell a small smattering of inventory far in the future. Right. So we're talking about all the problems associated with lead time and length of stay right now, or the challenges. The good news is there's a bunch of tools you can leverage to actually capture these opportunities, which we can talk about a little bit later. But, you know, that's a little bit why length of stay having changed so dramatically is really important to set what we call dynamic minimum stays, which the simple way of thinking about it is in the far future, 
you want to have software basically saying set my minimum stay is really high. I'd recommend seven days or more for most, especially for like sun and snow destinations. And then maybe as those stay dates approach, so maybe 30 days out, you say, okay, well, now we'll lower the min stay to five nights. And maybe 20 days out, we lower it to four nights. But that's the way you can kind of combine length of stay settings and kind of your lead time to be able to just maximize revenue. And it's it's a it's a tried and true strategy and it's going to work in every market, which is why we're kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, evangelizing it in 2021 as the most important thing to get right. Yeah, you bring up a great point because, uh, you know, I actually had a, a guest who was paying like a really good price for one of my properties uh, extend for for over a month as well. And and so what I'm thinking now is like we we should communicate with our guests as early as possible, right? Like, 100%. We, you know, ask them like, hey, are you are you considering maybe staying a little bit longer? Maybe you give that person like a deal or something, some like a cherry on top or something like that. That's an excellent call. Great follow-up, right? Yeah, maybe that's the first note at the door. Just like, hey, I know, you know, a note that suggests like, hey, we know travel plans are a little bit flexible right now. We can accommodate you, but I, I'd, I'd prefer to know earlier rather than later. And then we'll do our best to help you out. That's a great message. Yeah, You're going to end up with more revenue. That's a great call, Jasper. I love that. Perfect example of like, yes, when travel patterns change, as quickly as we can kind of say, well, what's the dominant theme that's emerging here? And how can we actually, you know, whether it's take advantage of or kind of cap- kind of capture that opportunity, the better off we'll be in our business. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, that also reminds me of another strategy that I use is, you know, the gaps in the calendar is always so hard to fill up, right? So what I always do, if, if I have like a one or two day gap, I always let the guests know like, hey, I have an, an extra day or two in advance or after after your stay, I'll give you a discount if you want to extend it and, and fill up that gap. Because I know otherwise it's going to be so tough, you know, to fill that gap up. And, you know, through this conversation, I just started to realize like that that strategy is more powerful right now because people are more flexible. Yes. You're, yeah, exactly. You're getting it. This is this is revenue management and you already, you're already doing it. And this is why we always say, as soon as you list your property online, you're a revenue manager. Yeah. All these, all these small decisions mean you are actually actively managing revenue. And some people like to say, well, I, you know, it's too difficult for me to do. It's like, no, 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 you're doing it already. <laughs> and all of these decisions mean like, and now like with wheelhouse, we're just saying, okay, well, wouldn't it be nice if we could use software to make it easier? Right. So Jasper, for your example, of the gap nights, you had a great example of how you could kind of go sell that gap night that was created to uh, an individual to try to maximize revenue. Well, on Wheelhouse also, we could say, let's say there are two bookings that were four days apart. And even if you had a seven-day minimum stay, but you had taken two, um, two seven-day bookings that were only four days separate, well, our software will automatically go in and look at that four-day stretch of time and now adjust its minimum stay to four nights. So it's automatically, it's doing something a little different, which is if a gap night emerges, it's changing that this, the kind of rules on that day to help you sell it. And it can, can be combined with, with the strategy you just illustrated, which is do you try to sell those four days or those days in between to the people who are already staying with you? And you're right, people have a lot more flexibility a lot more flexibility. And if you can sell it to the same customer, you have no turnover costs. 
Exactly. Yeah, that's that's why they're so powerful, right? And um, by the way, so Wheelhouse can automatically adjust that length of stay on Airbnb. Yeah. So probably the coolest tool we put out the door in the last last little bit is dynamic minimum night stays. And so that's really saying, you know, exactly that strategy of in, in the far future, you can call it, you know, north of 30 days, you want to protect your calendar as much as possible. And you want to protect it by saying, hey, I want to set my minimum stay setting a little higher than my market's average length of stay right now. So if your market's average length of stay is five nights, maybe north of 30 nights or north of 50 nights, you say, I'm only accepting six night minimum stays. But then on Wheelhouse, you can toggle it. So you say, well, 50 days out, if those days haven't booked, drop it from a six night minimum stay to a five night minimum stay. And then 30 nights out, drop it to a four night minimum stay. So that's one part of dynamic minimum stays. And the second is exactly what you mentioned, which is should bookings emerge? As soon as you get a booking, we're scanning your calendar to say, did a small kind of set of gap nights emerge that now violate your kind of global minimum stay settings? And if so, we adjust it to the, basically automatically adjust it to the appropriate minimum length of stay for that subset of days. So, you know, we just... We kind of we're kind of like helping you out at all times by trying to get those gap nights booked. Yeah, and th- and those settings are so flexible in Airbnb right now, right? So Wheelhouse automatically like make makes that happen on Airbnb. Like I wouldn't have to go into my Airbnb listing and, and change any of those minimum night stays. Correct. Or we integrate with a bunch of property management softwares and we can do the same through those softwares as well. Yeah. So if you, if you went to Wheelhouse on any calendar in the settings, or you can change all your portfolio at the same time, you can adjust minimum stays and you can say, you can set a global minimum stay. So what's your average minimum stay? You can say, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I want a particular night minimum night stay. You can have a time-based minimum stay, meaning again, 30 days out, adjust it. Or you could say for any group of days, Here's the minimum stay. So there's just a lot of controls. And that minimum stay uh, control setting with that lead time data is, I think, one of the most powerful things you can do. And it's, it takes about three minutes of work. It takes about yeah, three minutes of work. Super powerful. And I remember the days where on Airbnb, you could you could just set one minimum stay. I'm sure you remember that. Too. I mean, you, you started hosting before me. so <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, we started hosting pre-dining pricing, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So yeah, times have changed. I remember I got a booking one time, a one day booking, because I, I was preaching, set your minimum stay at one day, especially when you're starting out, because you just want to get as many bookings and review, because every booking has an indirect future value as well, right? But because of a booking, you get a review, you get a word of mouth, repeat guests, right? So my philosophy is when I started out, I was like, I just want to get as many people to come into my home as possible. Um, and I want to make it as easy as possible for people to book. But then I got a booking for like one night on December 31st. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if that's that's a good thing for me. And then I realized like, damn, I wish I could set the minimum stay for like, you know, at least like four days around New Year's or something. But then one day for or one night for the rest of the calendar, which is yeah. now totally possible. Yeah, totally possible. Exactly. Sweet, sweet man. Um, all right. Well, this is this is super valuable, and I know you guys have some some cool new features coming up on Wheelhouse, which we're going to be talking about in the future. 
Um, but why don't you, you give us a little sneak peek in what you guys have uh, planned for the future? Sure. So we, um, we've been working on a, a variety of tools at Wheelhouse. So historically, we've done revenue management and kind of dynamic revenue management and personalized revenue management. So you can come in and control everything. Uh, a few months ago, we launched our market reports, which what Jasper and I have been talking about today is information that's available on your market reports, right? And now we're, Wheelhouse is available in, I don't know, call it 2,500 different cities, 800 plus markets, we're on six continents. So very high likelihood that we have all this lead time data and length of stay data freely available for your market as well, right? That's kind of product two. And the next thing that we're um, launching, which I was able to give Jasper a sneak peek at this morning is our comp set tool. And I think our competitive set tool is actually the best tool we've ever built. It's super comprehensive. It allows you to manipulate data in really interesting ways. We're going to enable you to create multiple comp sets around each listing in a way that one of the reasons I think is it's really valuable and important is I always say that in the accommodation space, performance is relative. If you made five or $6,000 last month, well, I can only tell you if that's good or bad by knowing how your market performed and how similar listings near you performed. So our comp set tool is going to be the most complete tool I've seen yet on really helping you understand that. And that's uh, literally about to go into beta testing. So if you're interested and you want to sign up early, shoot me a note. I'm Andrew at usewheelhouse.com. Uh, I'm hoping that Jasper and I get a chance to kind of talk about it and maybe do a run through for you all in a couple of weeks here. But we're really excited about that. It represents a lot of work we put in. Candidly, work on it started more than a year ago. Uh, so now to be able to bring it out where we have high confidence in the modeling, the software looks smooth. I think it's going to be a really good addition to everyone's kind of arsenal of tools that they have. Awesome, man. That sounds really exciting. And yeah, you gave me a sneak peek earlier. Um, yeah, it looks incredible. So I'm super excited. Uh, we'll get you back on in a couple of weeks when that's, uh, when that's out. But for the people who are listening now and they want to improve their revenue management strategy, first of all, they can use the the market reports on, on Wheelhouse are for free, right? Yes. So anybody, they don't have to sign up for Wheelhouse. Anybody can use the market reports. Well, for some of the market report, it's totally publicly available, right? So if you go to usewheelhouse.com and click uh, select markets, you can see the overview data for your market easily. I think right now we do have, we do ask that you create an account to see some of the deeper dives, but yes, it is freely available. Awesome. But uh, if you make an account, uh, you can, you can see better data. Yeah. Length of say, lead time, all the stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Sweet. So for the people who want to start using Wheelhouse, any special offers? Yeah, uh, we, we have, um, I believe our code is PAD50. Is that correct? I think it's P-A-D. P-A-D. Is it just that simple? So yeah, we, we give, um, when Jasper and I get to spend time together, we always work on a, on a deal. And this deal, P-A-D, will allow you to get 50% off your first month. So when you sign up, there's a referral link, or if you, you happen to miss the referral link or where you put it in, just email us. We're going to take care of you. We love all the people Jasper sends our way and uh, appreciate you all listening today and hopefully learning some fun things. 
Sweet. That's awesome. So for the people who want to uh, try Wheelhouse, use code PAD. You get 50% off on your first month. Andrew, thank you so much for joining. This was awesome. I always learn a few things when I when I talk to you. So definitely going to have you back and explain more about that comp set. I'm sure a lot of people are super curious. I've already seen and I'm already convinced it's a really powerful tool. So I'm excited to learn more about it as well. So, uh, so yeah, thank you for coming on and I'll speak to you soon. Excellent. Thanks, Jasper. Fun as always. And to the listeners, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, go check out the show notes at getpaidforyourpet.com. We'll put up all the links and everything. And uh, Andrew, maybe uh, you could uh, shoot me a quick video of some of the tools that we mentioned so that people can go and actually watch all this stuff in, uh, in action and all the, add that to the show note page. Absolutely. We'll make some simple videos. Should be easy. And in a couple minutes, you'll be able to take advantage of everything we talked about today. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks to the listeners. And uh, see you next time. Get paid for your pet. 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 If you have over 30 units, you have an annual revenue of over $2 million, or you operate boutique hotels, then the STR Legend Mastermind is for you. You are not alone. We have a group of over 30 high-level entrepreneurs in our mastermind, and we get together on a weekly basis to discuss our biggest challenges and to learn and to grow together. Go to strlegends.com to find out more information and apply for the Legends Mastermind if you think you are a good fit.